Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. In the new music business, you're going to need leverage much more than talent. You're buying small businesses, the labels are now. The bookers are interested in what you've already been up to. Publishing companies want to know what kind of cuts you got, what kind of hits you got. Nobody's just kind of developing up the raw diamond in the rough anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that, honestly, because it doesn't have to. That's why we called it The Climb. We're here to help you create leverage in the music business, C-L-I-M-B. That's why we exist. And the genius that came up with that is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he'll actually connect you to the pros to get a whack at the, at the plate there. Find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists, and they've done this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities, and through the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. That's right, investors are the money folks, and the money folks like numbers because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. And you can find Johnny at Daredevil Production. Dot com. That's production singular. No S and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hello. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm what excited we about today? what we're talking about today and sharing some wisdom, some real world advice and some real world music industry people. We're going to get oh, some more to straight poop. I like these. The episodes. straight poop from the poop shoot. <laughs> I don't know. That's awful. So please give us a chance. Listen. You went another place there. You took it to another down to another level. That did. That is, that, <laughs> sorry, visual. That's what I do. It rained again. I had a Mine was folksy. Mine was folksy and down home. Right. I had a straight poop, and then time. and then you pulled a Johnny and just I took did. it right into the gutter. I did. I did. I had a publisher <laughs> tell me one time. He's like, I can always rein you in, but I can't draw you out. So just feel free to go too far and let me rein you in. But he 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 doesn't produce a podcast. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I said something like that to my wife the other day that I won't say here. And she was like, she just gave me that look. I was like, sorry, I just made it up. It sounded so good. I had to say it, even though I know it's not, it's not appropriate. <laughs> She's like, you hear that somewhere? I'm like, no, I just made it up just now for you. Like, like at that specific oh, moment, it, did you just feel like you were like five years old? Oh, totally. It was a five-year-old thing, but it rhymed and had a good taste to it. But it was just like gross. I'm like, I know. That's how I do it. This is what we do. You have to run and you married a writer. <laughs> It doesn't have to be appropriate, but if it flows well and has a nice rhyme and a little kick to it, I'm going to say it. It's going to come out. <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand if you, if you are that way, fellow climbers. Sure you are. So many of you are like, yeah, my wife looks at me or my husband looks at me that way a lot. You're just like, it was really interesting, the wording of it. So I said it. <laughs> you got to appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. got to get over the gross part. You got to take the good with the bad. got to take the train wrecks. With the paychecks. Sweet with the bitterness. Like, oh, the train wrecks with the paychecks. I know. <laughs> like, feeds our babies, baby. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, just got to take some of that <laughs> collateral damage. All right, from my mouth. All right, so today we are sharing some great advice from our June Play for Publisher event. So if you've been a longtime climber or you follow me over at songwritingpro.com or freddy.com, you know that we do these uh, quarterly 
play for publisher events where writers uh, from the community send in songs. We pick the, the 10 that I think have the best chance of getting our publisher's attention. And we got a pretty good bad and average of that going on. And we get together on a video conference and the publisher listens to the songs, give feedback, answer some questions. It's face-to-face. It's awesome. And, and so I'm just going to share some of the insights, a small sampling from the hour and a half event that we have with Joe Dan Cornett from Daywind Music. And I'm just going to share some of those value bombs. And yeah, going to help you on your, help you on your climb. There we go. All right. But first, and by the way, by the way, just to recap, he picks the top 10, but everybody wins because if you submit a song for that, you get to listen to the, the recorded. Yeah, you get to watch the video replay. Everyone yeah. that actually you don't even have to send in a song as long as you you purchase a, a ticket, a song submission ticket, whether or not you send in a song or not, you're on the list and, and I'll send you the replay. Some people just do that for the replay. Yeah. No intention to send in a song. I would be doing I'm, that like I'm on every replay. I just want to watch the replay. So I'm not even going to send a song because I don't feel like I'm ready yet, but I just want to, I want to learn. So I write better songs. And I straight up feel like I would do that all the time. I would do that every single one. Like I would be like, how much of about like 10? Can I get a discount of about 10 in advance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, no. (laughs) Right. That's quality programming right there. And everyone that also purchases a a song submission spot also gets a song checklist. So a way to kind of go through and kind of debug your song. Like, oh, I need to think about this. I need to think about this. So everyone gets one of those as well. So everybody wins. Some people just get to meet with the publisher too. There you go. All right. I like that. So, hey, let's take care of a little business here. As always, Brent and I at The Climb Podcast are proud to partner with Disc Makers. It's a digital world out there for sure. We all know that streaming, but man, it's still hugely important. I can promise you to every daredevil artist, the physical media for, for any independent musician, it's important to our artists. It's the difference between making, like with Lonely Highway, the first time we sent them back home since they've been gone back in February, it was the difference between, I think, making five grand and 7,500 grand in two days. Got them a higher price on the show, but they, they brought a boatload of t-shirts with them. That's the difference. So the, the digital royalty payments are so small that selling the hard products like CDs, vinyl, T-shirts are becoming huge income generators. Like the main thing that gets you from one place to the other. Hopefully you make enough money from the pay the gig to, to cover the expenses, most of them. But you're going to, where you're putting money in your pocket is, is from the merch, man. Yeah, it's like, am I in the music business? No, I'm kind of in the merch business. <laughs> well, that's, and that's always been true, by the that's way. That's always been true. That, exactly. I and mean, we talked about it before that even if you're signed to a major label, you're not making money off your records. You're making money off hard ticket sales and merch. For every CD you sell at a gig, like you need roughly as an artist, like 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money as selling one CD at a gig. So that's a lot of streams. So Disc Maker is going to help you get those CDs, DVDs, all that good stuff. So you can have it. So while your streaming is building, that's great. It's not a bad thing, but you need to sell some stuff at your shows if you want to do this for a living. So our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for discs and other physical media, including vinyl, the USB drives that Johnny has the heart eyes about and t-shirts they need t-shirts some swag so get you in the merch business not just the music business and you can at discmakers.com that's d-i-s-c makers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353 that's 800-468-9353 there you go join the climb community if you haven't done so got to ask to be let in but we let everybody in mm-hmm. this is an active community guys this is a real legit community every single day there's stuff being posted not only by brent and by myself 
but by climbers that are put in there, like all positive, inspirational, motivational, educational, ask a question, you'll get an answer kind of a thing. And it's not, it's just not your normal Facebook group. I just want to make sure everybody understands that. So we, we'd love to have you there. Come on and join. Take five seconds, leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us out. We've got a couple new ones, by the way. Nice. Subscribe button right there that you see. Like, make that happen. And then rather than having to rely on our marketing, it just automatically comes right into wherever you consume your podcasts and you can get to them at will. Mm -hmm. And I know you kind of like, if you're like me on podcasts, you take a long break and then all of a sudden you're binging Mm -hmm. for (laughs) a bunch of episodes. Uh, And then finally, the best compliment you can give Brent and I would be to share it. If, If there's an episode that you totally love, really changed your world in some way or another, please put it up on social media. Tell people about it. Let them know. That's the big deal there. And I, you know what? We do have a do have a couple new reviews. I want to read one here. Awesome. This, this is Giver's Gain and by Plumber at Myrtle Beach. It's a five-star review. Hmm. It's very quick, very simple. It says, this podcast is awesome. Hope to meet you guys in person one day. Awesome. I hope so, too. Thank you, Plumber at Myrtle, Myrtle Beach. I love Myrtle Beach. There we go. Thank you. Thanks for the tasty five-star review. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. So what are we going to learn? I'm going to bounce that out with some hate. Okay. (laughs) I think I texted you on this because it was, I got. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This was in the Songwriting Pro Facebook group. It's also, spoiler alert, this ends in a roadhouse. (laughs) I like to do Facebook lives. I try to do them every Monday around noon and I'll kind of talk about the new blog post and and share some insights there. And I also do like Q&A for people. So if you're around my personal Facebook page on Mondays around noon, usually depending on my schedule, I try to do those. And anyway, so, you know, I put that up and, and, you know, share them around Facebook groups and stuff. Cause I'm like, Hey, this is like free information. I'm taking questions and stuff. So this is helpful for people. So I do that anyway. So, and I'm on Facebook later, I'm checking comments cause I try to respond to them and engage, right? Not just spray and pray or whatever. I'm here to engage. Anyway, somebody posted a uh, meme under it as a comment or a gif or gif or whatever. Uh, I think it's B. Arthur from the Golden Girls going, I could vomit just by looking at you. I was like, <laughs> nice. <"What?"> yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, can you articulate? Like, I quite. I'm not sure where this is coming from. Can you expand on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ah, right, well, it was it the hat. I felt pretty good about my hat game. Ha ha. <laughs> He's like, definitely not the hat. He responded, I was like, okay got a problem with something i'm saying or what anyway because i think it's kind of funny right i'm like you're not getting under my skin i'm like it's somebody just trolling me okay saying i'm ugly cool whatever yeah yeah i was like hey you should be happy though at least you're not my wife (laughs) you don't have to deal with it uh it could be worse you could be my wife and honestly i'm glad you aren't and it was some dude Anyway, he's like, yeah, and thank God I'm not one of your clients either. <laughs> oh, nice. And started going off on that. I don't know what the deal was. He didn't get into the content I was sharing. He was just like, you ugly, and I, it, would, it would suck to work with you. Yeah, and your mama, your mama's ugly too. Like, yeah. And I, there. And I was like, I'm like, so I just went up to the top. I was like, where is this? It's got to be one of those other Facebook groups. It was in my Facebook group. It was in the <laughs> group. Like, we let you into my house. Negator, yeah. And Negator. Now yeah. On, you make me want to throw up a lot just because I don't like you. So he got roadhoused. Good for him. Did you, did you see that one I CC'd you on? Yeah, I meant to uh, try to email you back at Bounce Back. But yeah, you got some hate to do. <laughs> if you're going to be hateful, try to be, be relevant fun. and hateful. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. 
This guy came out of nowhere. It was in response to the Jimmy Erie episode. The uh-huh. one we had, this is very similar to the one we're about to get into right now. Yeah. Uh, in response to that, and because uh, song of the year, they do yeah. one song of the year, not not once but twice for the CMAs that year and the ACM song yeah, of the driver year. Truck, for, for I drive your truck. I drive your truck. a rider. We did an episode sharing some insights that Jimmy shared with me and the and the Freddie community on one of our Know the Pro events. So we did an episode just sharing some value from this guy yeah. that has done it at the highest level. Yeah, and this guy, I get an email from this guy that's like, it's a scam. The judges are all cooked. Is this the one? And he sends me some link to link some to like song of the year. Org or some, dot com yeah, dot scam. And he goes, is this the song? Is this the song of the year that you won? And so he's talking to me like everybody in the first person. Yeah, yeah, everybody was there. Or you get honorable mention. It's a total scam. And the judges are, are BS and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well. So, man, if you're going to do that, like, I, I welcome all the discourse. Like, we'll talk, we'll talk about the haters. And you got an opinion, that's okay. But try to be on the same planet when you say it. I'm like, first of all, I'm not Jimmy Geary. My name's Johnny Dunnell. And I'm the co-host of this podcast called The Climb. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for your, and I just, I responded to him. Like, yeah. and I was, I was snarky. I'm like, that's and hilarious. by the way, so yeah, so these CMAs and ACMs, okay, and the way they vote, blah, blah, blah. Our pro and, member, um, yeah. And they're not, it's not, it's not a scam. They're broadcast on ABC and CBS and, and only one winner a year. And there's no, I promise you, there's no honorable mentions. Other than the other nominees. (laughs) Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I really suggest you listen to the podcast because I have a feeling you did not. Yeah. And that's you, by the way, that's where the, if you look at all the haters I've ever gotten, most of them, that's where they launch off of. They see something in an email and the The title. And they just, rather than think about it, explore it, find out if what they're thinking is right. That dude took more time to find songoftheyear.scam or whatever and look up and link up that than he did. If he just listened to the intro, he would have gone, oh, this guy, oh, CMA and ACM. Oh. I'm like, hey, have you heard of them? Like, have you heard of ABC or CBS, those networks? Because they're pretty legit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is, yeah, you know, so, it was number one like generated tons of money and by the way everybody that votes on these actually has to make a living in the music industry right. so which, and i said i think i said something like and by the way i think that's really a good thing because if you didn't do that you might have some crazy people out of nowhere just voting on some stupid stuff they never even listened to <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so yeah so the guy that called me vomit inducing i was like by the way on your way out the door let me just give you some advice like this is a group that you ask to join is for, you know, songwriting pros for people, current pros and aspiring professionals in the music business. And it's not a good way to turn pro by like going into someone's house and insulting them. Yeah. So just think about that. Cause it is kind of a relationship business. So. Right. And in the insult, you like, said, you're not even my client. So like, what, what do you possibly have to complain about? Like, yeah. What are you dissatisfied with my non-service for you? It is just my face. I've listened, dude. I got a hat on and I grew a beard. I'm trying to cover it up. All right. I'm trying. I'm doing the best as much I as I can to cover this up. Hat beard. I should I guess I can throw on some shades next time, get further away from the camera. But I'm like, right, we wow, just adjust your meds. Dude. He's having a bad day. He's yeah. having a bad day. But I'm like, okay, this is a teaching moment. This is not how you Yeah. How you, teaching uh, moment. <laughs> Turn pro. Anyway, we've wasted a lot of time on that, but it was, it was we had a lot of haters this week. I guess I know they come out of the woodwork. So a few two particular us, ones that were like super at, interesting. <laughs> all right, so let's get on to the good stuff. All right, 
Great advice from our June Play for Publisher event with Joe Dan Cornett of Daywind Music in Tennessee. So these are some of the best takeaways from the evening. So these are not direct quotes, but I was taking notes as he was talking to the, the writers. And they're face-to-face on a video platform called Zoom that Johnny and I actually record this podcast on. And we can see each other. Hi, Johnny. Hey, and you, so the, the top nice 10 hat, writers, by the way. Do what? Nice hat. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to cover up this mess. <laughs> But you get a bowl of soup when you get a hat like that, huh? Oh, wait, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Anyway, so we, we have the top 10 writers, and me and Joe Dan plays each of their songs and gives feedback on them, and then the writer can have some back and forth. You like eight minutes per song to listen, feedback, and then questions and stuff. So the whole thing takes about an hour and a half. So here's some of the stuff that he had to say. And, and also, overall, man, he really liked a lot of the songs. I mean, there are some he was like, send that to me. Do a re- rewrite. Tag Brent. Hadn't send it to me, that kind of stuff. He's like, cool. and some people he's that he knew, like it wasn't their first at bat with him. He's like, oh hey, so and so. Okay, yeah, okay, send that to me seriously. I was like, dude, you can download it from the link I sent you. He's like, okay, I'm gonna download this right now. Like this is spot on. Yeah, so we're getting real relationships being made. This next time not- you're in town, man, yeah. call me up and had the writer going. I'm coming to town. I'm like, all right, passing that along to Joe Dan. So your info. So you should, like, say, you should talk about Daywind too, just to, to give people some perspective. If they're yeah, so Daywind, normally we have like just straight country publishers on. So this one was a little bit different, which was cool. Daywind, what they specialize in is like Southern gospel and Christian music. But they also have recently opened up Billy Blue Secular, Publishing right. and Billy Blue Records, which is Bluegrass. So they oh. just like signed Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver and like legit, they already have a number ones as a Bluegrass label. Jerry Sally's running that, but they have Bluegrass Publishing, Billy Blue Publishing. They also have Billy Jack, which is Americana. So, and Joe Dan also has a guy named Hunter Leith who signed as a country writer. So they're they're getting more in country, setting country co-writes and pitching there. So country and Christian, Southern Gospel, Bluegrass, Americana. So it's like really wide. That's what what a part of what I love about them over there. That's a lot of different places to shop your song. Exactly. So I'm like, yeah, come on. So we're you know we had Southern Gospel, we had country, we had you know, CCM stuff all in there because Joe Dan touches all that stuff on a daily basis. So that's it's so really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's why I like, I hang out with those guys and work with them a lot because I write a lot of different stuff and they can do a lot of different stuff. So anyway, so he said, up-tempo is key for commercial appeal. Big shocker there, but it's so basic. We need to talk about it. Most albums, and this is paraphrasing what Joe Dan said, most albums typically have about two ballads to eight mid or up-tempos and your catalog should re- reflect that ratio. I thought that was a good way of saying it. Your catalog needs to reflect that ratio. Meaning, what are we, yeah, like every album is like a microcosm of the industry. Radio of what you should be doing. Yeah. Are you writing eight mid or up tempos for every two ballads? Or is it flipped? Are you writing eight ballads, meaning slow songs, to like two up tempo? If so, your ratio is off and it's going to be hard to get a commercial you know, hit and commercial success if you're not writing most of what they're doing. It's... It's partly a numbers game. I mean, it's definitely a quality game, but it's partly a numbers game. You got to get the quality up to have a competitive song. And then part of it's finding the right song that fits right in the right slot at the right time. And the more of those you have floating out there, the better your chance of success. And, and so- and, uh, Hold on, let me interject. I just want to remind everybody, we talked about this before in the podcast, but I can just hear a bunch of songwriters' heads right now going, oh, but I just every time I write, it just comes out like a ballad. Mm-hmm. Okay, then put a tempo to it. Exactly. Write it as a ballad. Just speed it up. And and that's it. Like write it the way, write it like a ballad 
and then jack up the jack up the BPMs. There's been so many hits uh, that have been made just doing that. If you have the courage, maybe mm-hmm. would be the right word to use yeah. to to just try it like that once and see how it sounds. You might surprise yourself. Yeah, and or change up the groove in some other way. But what do we say? It's, I think it needs to be more of a catchphrase for us. Cry when you write, dance when you produce. That's right. That's right. So, like, yeah, if you need to start off writing as a ballad to get that your emotion and that deep lyric or whatever, great. Do that. Now I'm going to go back. Now I'm going to make a commercial. And now I'm going to mess with the grooves. And I'm going to mess the melodies to find that lyric at home that has a better chance commercially. By the way, like artistically, what a fun that's fun. There's no yeah. sweating the lyric or the melody. Like all that, all that heavy lifting is done and you've got this like piece of work and you're like, oh, that's cool. Now let's just, let's just mix it up a little bit. Let's just, just make it something people want to hear. You can't, yeah, you can't make any wrong moves. It's like, the yeah. melody and the lyric are there. It's now it's all subjective, right? And, yeah. and everyone could win you're and just have some fun. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just like, it's like you know, free, free and clear just to have fun. Now just, Pure unadulterated fun. Like, so good. Now you're like, I want to write. Now, yeah, I got this lyric and melody. What if I put this over a waltz? What if I put this over a samba? What if I put this over kind of a bluesy thing? What if I put this over rock and country? You know, you Mm -hmm. just play with that stuff and change the vibes and see what it it does. Core thing you've written. So, yeah. So, you should be writing mostly mids and up tempos if you want commercial success. There you go. And he didn't say for a genre. No, that's just like in general. Because as I'm writing more like gospel southern gospel and stuff the same thing tempo bluegrass yeah. tempo i was writing with jerry sally who runs the billy blue thing i was writing with him a couple of weeks ago and he's like man tempo's so much easier to get cut i'm like it's across the board dude writing southern gospel with kenna west and jason cox they're like tempo so much easier mm-hmm. to get cut country tempo so much easier to get cut knock knock Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Math. 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 (laughs) Okay. So it's very basic, but it bears repeating because it goes against a lot of our natural grain. 
All right. So Jodan also talked about how the course of your song is prime real estate. And that's where you need to blow people's minds. Killer course. Yeah. Again, foundational, simple stuff, but simple can be hard just to remember that sometimes you, and, and I can have a tendency to do that where, and I'm trying to, and I'm growing in that area, but like if I, if I'm working on a, I've noticed recently, like I'll do my homework before co-writes and I have the stack of stuff, you know, stack of song ideas and lyrics and bits and pieces I'm bringing in. Cause I'm doing my homework. I'm a pro. I come in prepared. And so I may have this, like, yeah, I got this idea for course and it may be a little too wordy. It may just have a little too much in there, too much verbiage, mm-hmm. pretty wordy. And we're working on that. And I remember one co-write in particular with Troy Castellano mm-hmm. a few months ago. I was like, Boy, that's a, it's a cool ver- course, but Troy, I think this is actually the verse I brought in. I think I mislabeled it. And I was like, huh, because if it's a cool course, it's a killer verse, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's strong enough to be a course, really strong enough to be a verse. So we moved that up there. I'm like, we just need to write a simpler course because you got the meat in here. Now we got I mean, we to hang on first. Now let's put some sizzle. Yeah. You know, now the course is going to be our sizzle, our a much less wordy, simpler. Now let's just, let's do melody and stuff and ear candy to hot the sizzle, right? We already got the steak sizzle, baby. Nice. The sizzle. And you know, we still got some more meat in there, but it was freed up. And so I find myself doing that sometimes bringing in what I think is a course. Cause that's like, boom, the thing it's like nuts, but I can be too wordy and get too much in there. Like, boy, half of this really should go in the verse. So and, and really trying to blow people's minds, not only with the thoughts, but melodically and ear candy wise. That's the part they need to be able to sing along with after they hear mm-hmm. it once. So it's that prime real estate. Don't skimp on the course. You don't have to get tons of stuff in there, but what's there needs to be solid and be the part. That's yep. your sales pitch, man. That's the, you're closing the deal. You're opening the door with a verse. That course got to seal the deal. And like, boom, I love this. That's great. Yep. So spend time on your courses. All right. What else we got? He said, have your idea, then stick with it. Don't let your song wander off topic. And I, you know, I had this just, I guess last night I was, I was doing a song feedback for a client. And so what they do is I also do song feedback. So they just email it in and I record my response to it. What I think, you know, dig it, break it apart, build it back up, email it back. So this person sent one in and it was a cool concept. I, I like the concept. But they, they didn't really get into it till like line eight or nine, a couple lines mm. right before the course. And so it just kind of wandered. It's like, you need to stay. This is a cool concept. You just need to start right on from line one, aiming right to that concept. Like all this other stuff was kind of not really filler, but it was, it was prologue. Like it took them a little while in the process of writing to kind of dig into the meat of the concept. Yeah. And, but you got to be able to recognize that as a songwriter, like, okay, so instead of, because I just started writing here on line one and it took me to line eight to really dig in and nail down what I was saying, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you got to keep line one through seven. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I like get rid of line one through seven, line eight becomes line one and now write some more. Now exactly. you're on, now you're on now track. You're, you're boom. Right yeah. there. Just like, you know, movies start off with the action scene, right? The James Bond opening thing. James Bond yeah. is tied up and he's got, oh, so Mr. Bond. Yeah. And then boom, big escape, big action scene. Then credits come in. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm already. You're already like, yes. It's not him driving up and getting out of the car. Beep, beep. 
locking the thing and up to, it's not all that stuff. Maybe stopping so, by the grocery store on the way to MI6 and exactly. uh, getting some gas, you know, having the engine looked at, changing the oil, and then, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> right in on, on, boom, drama, right? And so it's funny, I had a co-write one time, you know, we're just talking in between, right? And, he, and he was telling this kind of stem wander thing. He's like, oh. he kind of laughed and said, I said all that to say this, <laughs> you know? And, so right. that's like, and sometimes we do that in our songs. I said all that to say this, like, no, just, okay, that's great for your first draft. Now that you got into it, get rid of the filler or the stuff that got you there. Dive the fat, right. get rid of the fat, the, fat yeah. the muscle. But also once you have it, stay on that topic, stay, you got to stay on it and stay focused. What's the difference between a light bulb and a laser beam? They both lie, right? Mm-hmm. But light bulb, it'll light up a room. That's cool. That's good. A laser beam will burn a hole through a door. Mm-hmm. I want to be as focused as a laser beam. Yeah. That's what you want. And what's the difference? Focus. Yeah. You know? And so you want to focus your lyric. Like once you have your idea and your theme, stay on it. Because you only got like three minutes. Yeah. You don't have time for side quests, subplots, and side stories. You don't have time for that. Boom. Yeah. You got it. Like every line going, is this aiming at my, my theme, my hook? Every line, is this, every thought, every emotion, is this aiming right at what I'm talking about? Yeah. Not, you have an opportunity to build something in there that does aim at that, and it's going to just give your, give your song that much more energy and power. It's like the one-inch punch, if you've seen that on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those crazy martial art guys that can just yeah. knock you down from like an inch away. Just that much focus. Yeah. I don't need the big old wind-up. That's right. <laughs> Everything I got is just right there. Bam. So anyway, that's really random reference. No, but it makes sense. I mean, I get that. I get that. I think like sometimes I would do this when I was writing, like, because it does take a little while to sort of get the engines yeah. warmed up. And then obviously like, oh, now you're into it. Well, instead of trying to get the song done, because I'm eight lines in, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I get the first verse done. Yeah. It's all that work, right? No, no, no. Like, keep going. Just keep writing. Like, don't, like, don't even just go. Just, just vomit on the page when you mm-hmm. start getting into that groove. And then just go back and kind of pick and choose, like, put the, the basic structure together. But mm-hmm. then you're going to be, like, more on point if you just keep going with mm-hmm. that thought rather than thinking, like, oh, if you're just thinking about the structure already sometimes – Sometimes. Sometimes you just yeah. got to honor the muse when it's there. Yeah. You got to write. Yeah. And you just got to write stuff down. And then, and then you go back and you pick the stuff that's super relevant and super focused. Okay. So at this point, Avengers Endgame is coming out on DVD. Biggest mm-hmm. movie ever. Yeah. Um, biggest box office ever. And they're, they're releasing part of the promo that you start seeing some like deleted scenes and stuff. Yeah. Wait, you telling me they filmed stuff that didn't go in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> lots of it. Sometimes for pacing, you're like, it just kind of messed up the pacing of the scene and we want to get tight. Yeah. So we took this out. It's interesting. It's not bad. You were letting people see it. it's an interesting character moment or whatever, but it messed with the, the energy of the scene, the mood. Yeah. Same thing. It's all right to have some deleted scenes. Yeah. Got to get it tight. It's not, it's not wasted. It's, it's not wasted creativity, man. No, it's, it's not. not in the middle. It's, it's where it ends. That's so, right. all right, let's see here. It was interesting. Yeah. Joe Dan, you know, cause he liked a lot of these songs, thankfully. And, and he asked for copy, or he already had copies of it. He's like, I don't live with this. And his take on it is, is said, if I like a song, I live with it for a long time, and I try to hate it. If I can't hate it, I can pitch it. <laughs> you know? Boom. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> try to hate it. Try to hate my song. If I can't hate it, I can pitch it. <laughs> and 
so I thought, well, that's a really cool way of looking at it. Like he's, you may get real excited about something right at first, but he's like, okay, but let me live with it and see if this wears well and see if I can find stuff in it that I just don't like and I can hate. If I can't find that, I, then I can, I can confidently pitch it because I can't hate it. It's just that good. It's just that right. I'm like, that's where the bar is, boys and girls. Dear Climber, like where they can't hate your song. That's what he's not like. It could be, it could be something they could, somebody could do something with. No, it's like, dude, I tried. I can't hate this. Yeah. I love it. And I can't hate it. All that's right. That's what you want, you know? And think about this like, as a songwriter, because they, everybody's going to bow up a little bit on that. Right. They're like, every new song comes out as their baby and it's real close. Mm-hmm. And it's really, and, and we've talked before about like the Billy Joel statement where he's like, I love all my children equally. Right. But some of them grow up to be doctors and lawyers and some of them grow up to be delinquents and he's talking about his songs but think about that like as a writer if you've written more than like three songs okay then there's some songs that man you loved it when it first came out and now you're like eh, yeah and so you gotta having that aware first of all realizing that you've come into awareness that you feel like that already about your own songs Mm -hmm. on some of them right some of them are really good some are and then being able to have that awareness of okay so then then just being real with yourself like okay this is how i'm going to raise the bar like this is a mediocre song you know and i mean and part of it's just for him i think as as a he's he's in sales right his job is to get these songs recorded Mm -hmm. he's got to really believe in the product yeah and his worth is bringing in great songs. If he stops bringing in great songs, he stops getting great meetings. Yeah. And so he just wants to live with it to make sure it wears well. That's his personal thing. I'm not saying every publisher is that way, but what a great way to look at it going, yeah, because an artist may drive around with the song for a year before they cut it. Is it one that wears well? And again, it's just his personal opinion, yeah. right? It's just him, but that's how he works. I'm like, that's, that's really interesting. And by the way, where you, where's the ultimate goal? Where, where do you want that song to go? On the radio? And mm-hmm. people got to drive around with it for more than a year. They got to be there 15 years later, swaying back and forth at the artist concert, mm-hmm. remembering what that song meant to them 15 years ago. And it's still good. Yeah. And so he just lived it to make sure that it's really as strong as it felt the first time he heard it. Yeah. Sometimes you listen to something you're like, Oh, that's awesome. Then you listen to more like, wait, there's a couple things that don't make sense here. Yeah. You know, maybe that, Cause it felt so good that like, Oh, well, that, no, that didn't really make sense. Cause they're going to get picked apart. And so he's trying to pick them apart, but if he can't find any, any flies or ingrown hairs on it, all right, I can pitch this because I feel completely confident that it's put together right and it's great. So I just thought that was a cool way of going, yeah, that's the bar. Heck yeah. Makes me feel better. He's pitching my stuff. All right. So he said, your genre dictates your lyrics. For example, Southern gospel can have more of the old way of saying it lyrics than would work in contemporary Christian. Same thing for old school country, new country, because we had a mix of songs, Southern gospel, CCM, country and stuff. And, and there's, if I'm remembering right, one of them was like a Southern gospel thing that just had some old ways of saying some stuff. But that works for that genre. That's for that audience. It's in it for the listener, that audience, you build it for the audience. And so that audience, you can say some of those kind of old ways of saying it, but for like a CCM contemporary Christian thing, it's going to be, it's going to sound too much like grandma. Yeah, it's got to be hip. It's got to be hip. It's got to be hipper. And, oh, okay. But if it were pop, it may sound, even the CCM may sound too uncle <laughs> or what older brother for pop. Yeah. It may not be grandma, but it may just not be. So your genre is going to dictate your lyrics, what you can get away with saying, 
how you can say it, that sort of thing. And so that's just worth noting, hey, what, what genre am I writing? Is this lyric appropriate for this genre? So, Because the, there's definitely some Southern gospel lingo that would not fly in country, not fly in CCM, and vice versa. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm all the time getting told when I'm writing, you know, I still bring some of my country oomph to my Southern gospel writing, and people that really know that genre, like, that's cool. That's too cool. You can't. You're like the Johnny in that group. Like you just, you're too black cool. sheep. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's not, just like, it's not even like too, maybe not even like too edgy or too whatever. It's just like, it's just too cool. They're not, no, you got to, no, takes, take about three notches off that cool. Say it just a little yeah. more plain. There's a certain amount of blandness like, really cool, that has really to happen kind of poetic here. And like, you got this notch it down a little bit. All right. <laughs> I'm getting all the cuts in this world and I've got a couple cuts with you. So I don't trust you. I've been but accused yeah. of a lot of things. Being too cool is not one of them. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, so yeah, your genre dictates your lyrics. So be aware of the genre you're aiming at, you're writing for, and make sure your lyrics. And you learn that by studying the genre, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to know what lane you're driving in. Some's a slow, slow lane. Sometimes it's a carpool lane. <laughs> Slower right. traffic, move right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so lane you're in. Here's no. It's great when the course is so hooky. I can hear it only once and sing it back to you. We had one of those in there, or more okay. than one of those. But a simple thing. Again, going back to course being prime real estate. Is your course catchy? As a lyricist, sometimes I used to be more like, I don't care. Say my brilliant thing I wanted said, which wasn't brilliant at the time, but I thought it was. It was the best I could do. Now I'm much more, it's got to sing. Yeah. Get in your head. We'll make it make sense and we'll make it work where it's good lyrics. But that's a lot of, I mean, what's on radio these days is because the chorus kills and it's so catchy. It gets caught in your head and maybe dumb as a box of rocks. But still going number one. But you're still saying, you're going to ride till I can't ride no more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take me a dance. You know, all that stuff. So it, I'm not saying be dumb, but I'm just saying realize your course is prime real estate. It needs to be something that people want to sing along with. Even yep. if you're telling them about something deep and meaningful. It like I said, it doesn't have to be dumb, but it needs to be singable. Something people want to hear and get stuck in their heads. All right. So don't skimp on chorus. All right, next. Uh, this was interesting. I thought very worthwhile. So one of the one of the ones that made it through had on the lyric, like option A, option B on a lyric, on one line. You know, they sang option A, is what was on the demo or the work tape that's sent in. But then all, just in the lyric, they had option B, an alternate line. And I've seen that come through, you know, a lot. They're like, well, this line didn't work for you. What about this line? I wasn't quite sure. He said, don't give publishers option A, option B on a lyric. It, it can throw them because it's your song. You need to be confident in your lyric because you're already building in a question mark. Yep. I don't know which one is better. Hmm. I don't know. And all of a sudden you're, you're bringing questions in. Like the whole thing is questionable. Now. Exactly. And like, uh, I don't want to make a choice. I don't know. You're the writer. You tell me now there are times I do alternate lyrics because maybe one mentions alcohol. One doesn't because like the song could skew to like a 16 year old. Right. You know, we may have alternate versions like that, but that's because for a very specific reason, Hey, we can pitch this to a 16 year old with this line here, but we can pitch it to a 21 year old. That's doesn't mind talking about a margarita with this line here. 
Do we got yeah. options? But or also, I can pitch it to like this could go to country or it could go to contemporary Christian, right? Like with the sometimes it could be a word or two. Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah, but that's usually like I know the publisher or it's my publisher or. But if you're like coming out of the gate and you're trying to get on someone's radar, like this person had, here's my shot with this publisher, Joe Dan. Pick one. Yeah, love that because that's that's not going to make you break your song. That one line probably. And if it is something that's that far off where it kills a song, like, I don't really don't like that song, you go, I got an alternate. But odds are, if you're sending it in, it's not going to make or break that song. That's right. If you're not that's sure. Right. They'd be like, I love it except for this one thing. Odds are. And then you can, then you can fix it. So don't, don't start with that question mark. And, oh, and think about it, he, he already said that to, to some of the people. He's like, hey, man, fix this one thing and shoot it back to me. Yeah, because like, he might, so like, you, You've already got option B, like, loaded. So you literally, exactly. you're not even off the phone yet, and it's in his email. Like, here's the new version, man. Tell yeah, me exactly. And it's yeah. different, and it's good, and that might be just what it takes, right? Yeah. So you just need to pick one, go with that, and then if it's strong enough, you'll start a conversation. And you can be like, hey, there's also this thing, if you want to but less likely to start a conversation if you're not confident in your lyrics. So I thought that was cool. Just nuts and bolts, sending stuff to publishers. Yeah. Don't make them think too much. Just give them something they're going to love it or they aren't. But that one line is probably not going to make the difference. Yep. Take one, be a writer. All right. That's pretty much what I wanted to share. Just some of the notes I took. I mean, there's a lot more. If you're, if you send a song in for that one, I hope you watch the replay. <laughs> it was a, it's available for about two weeks afterwards. So I'd also say when you see this up in the climb community, because we'll post about this when this episode goes live, if you were there, if you saw the replay, what other nuggets did you take from it? Drop those in. Are you, what's your take on some of these, these pearls of wisdom from Joe Dan Cornette? I'd love to get, continue the conversation in the climb community or in the songwriting pro Facebook group or wherever you might see it on the blog or wherever. What stood out to you that you heard him say? We had about, I don't know, over 200 people that had access to the replay. So I'd like to hear from you. What was helpful for you? But also if you want a a chance to send in your song to a publisher, guess what? We got another one coming up because we do this on a regular basis. Next up we have publisher, Matt Lindsay. So music publisher, he works in mostly in country and bluegrass, Uh, but he's been around for like 30 plus years. He's gotten cuts by all kinds of artists. I mean, Garth Brooks and on down. Bonnie Raitt, all kinds of craziness. Willie Nelson. So he's legit. He runs Matt Lindsay Music. We recently had him for a Know the Pro event in Freddie. So if you check that out and you're like, yeah, Matt's a cool dude. I like what he has to say. Well, here's your chance to get your song in front of him. And so it's a play for publisher event. It's coming up. The deadline to enter your song is September 1st for this go around. You can get all the details by downloading my free ebook, Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It's at giftfrombrent.com. What that does, it gets you on the Songwriting Pro insiders list and so i'll send you all the all the details there but it's on sale now uh, and will be until september 1st for this go around but if you're listening in the future go to giftfrombrent.com still download that book get on the insiders list and you'll know about the next one that's coming up because we try to do these every three months these come up because i want to connect you to the pros that's right i've really been pleased with these just because pressure on me to, to go through these 200 plus songs and find 10 that I think, oh my gosh, I hope we don't sit here on a bunch of duds for the publisher. But it's been nice the last several ones, people being like, okay, these are really good. Like consistently, like, these are really good. Good job, Brent, picking the songs. I'm like, yes, <laughs> because yeah. I want to give you guys the best chance to win. So I want to pick the songs that have the best chance to win. And it works better for everybody if, if the songs are strong. So send in your good stuff, one thing, because I can't play it if you don't send it. But also, yeah, 
we're doing some relevant stuff over here. And yeah, Joe Dam, there are a lot of people. He's like, call me next time you're in town. There's tweak this, tweak that, send it to Brent. He'll send it on to me. I want to hear it or send it to me or I'm downloading it. You know, people have been getting meetings out of this, follow-ups. So it's legit. It's a real chance. It's an at-bat with a publisher. And if you got the goods, a guy like Matt knows what to do with it. That's right. And keep in mind that it's, it's, it's not about that one song. They're looking right. for songwriters. They songwriters are. is what they want. So it's a, it's a, it's a door a opener, not a deal closer, but it can be a heck of a door opener if you, if you got the goods. That's right. All right, guys. Well, join the client community if you haven't done so already. Prescribe. I was going to say prescribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Hey, you know, you- it, it will cure a multitude of ills. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you get every episode. Leave a five-star rating and review and tell somebody about it. If this was prescribe helpful it to you, somebody. Prescribe. There you go. Prescribe it to somebody. Prescribe and prescribe. <laughs> And put it on your social media. Let them know about it. Let them know it helped you. That's that's what we're here for. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.